Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. The U.S. Senate Commerce Committee recently required the heads of Google, Facebook, and Twitter to testify before the committee. The supposed focus of this hearing was to get the viewpoints of the heads of these Internet giants on Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. This is the section of U.S. law that provides Internet platforms with a so-called safe harbor from lawsuits for things that their users post on those platforms. It also allows, in fact encourages, those platforms to moderate content on their platforms. As many listeners have undoubtedly heard recently, quite a few politicians are not at all happy with how those platforms do moderate content posted by users, especially if the users are politicians. That, eight days before the presidential election of November 2020, was the focus of the committee's hearing. Things did not go well. It once again became clear that quite a few senators on that committee have little, if any, idea of how the Internet in general, and social media in particular, actually work. Perhaps to the relief, and maybe even the delight, of the Internet company heads, the Republicans and Democrats on the committee got into what, in a high school cafeteria, would be called a food fight. Although, since this hearing was largely held online, no actual food was thrown. We'll leave it to anyone interested in more detailed information about the conduct of that hearing to search online. Today, though, since we doubt that many of those who may have watched or listened to that hearing learned very much at all about Section 230, as part of our series looking at what free speech means in our digital age today, we'll try to bring some clarity to the issues surrounding Section 230 and what changes to that part of the law might mean to the Internet giants and to the billions of people like us who use the services they provide. So, what motivated this Senate hearing in the first place? In short, some politicians, including the present occupant of the White House, have been hollering, claiming that their First Amendment rights are being violated by these social media sites. As we mentioned on a previous program, that is simply not true. The First Amendment does not say that Twitter or Facebook or anyone else's behavior but the government's, originally only the federal government but today any level of government, is limited by the First Amendment. In other words, private entities cannot violate anyone's First Amendment rights. But private entities can exercise their own First Amendment rights by making regulations, for example, about what speech they are and are not willing to transmit over their facilities. Online services set out what their policies for user behavior are on their sites, the so-called terms of service, which users agree to, though seldom read, in order to use the online service. Violate those terms of service, and the internet company might remove something that a user posted, or attach a note that a post is quite possibly not true, as has happened to Mr. Trump more than once, or simply not transmit the post any further along. These moderation activities have proven to be a powerful tool to try to mitigate the efforts of foreign governments who are interested in interfering in our elections. But when a politician finds one of his or her posts taken down for being false, 
or even having a note attached that the post deserves further fact-checking, that politician is likely to scream censorship, which it isn't in a First Amendment sense. And just as bad from some politician's point of view is when someone says something negative about the politician or a politician's pet project or, alas, about false statements the politicians made and the internet site leave those posts up. The politician or political party is ready to sue for any number of reasons, no matter how specious those reasons might be. And that brings us back to the safe harbor provision of Section 230. The aggrieved politician or celebrity or whoever can sue the person who made a comment on Facebook or Twitter or wherever, but they can't sue Facebook or Twitter itself. Since the First Amendment prohibits Congress from directly telling private firms what they can or cannot say, the current strategy of some in Congress is to modify Section 230 so that the safe harbor provision is weakened or even eliminated. Needless to say, trying to find and sue a private individual is a lot less attractive than suing Facebook or Twitter or whatever the platform is, both in terms of what monetary award might be possible and in terms of pressuring these internet firms to censor information that those in power don't like. That is what the Senate hearing was all about. It's an end run around the First Amendment. As Jess Myers, writing in TechDirt, put it, quote, your problem is not with Section 230, but the First Amendment, end quote. So let's suppose for a moment that Congress does wind up changing the law and makes Google or Facebook or whoever responsible for anything that any user posts on their site. What do we suppose might happen? Our guess is that there will be a whole lot less posting on social media and that those who try to post will never know if their post will make it through the phalanx of artificial intelligence filters that the big guys will put up to weed out any expression of opinion that could in any way possibly wind up involving the internet platform in a lawsuit. Even to get a crap lawsuit thrown out of court requires a lot of time and effort and money. That may be workable for giants like Facebook or Twitter, but the big guys are not the only ones that would be affected by such a change. So would any small local environmental discussion group, for example, or gun rights group, or any school or college, or any newspaper that allows comments on its stories. In short, gutting the safe harbor provision of Section 230 would essentially open any website up to lawsuits, however frivolous, based not on what the website says, but what on an individual using that service says. And that would be a gut punch to the spirit, if not the letter, of our First Amendment freedom of speech. We hope that all of us will ponder the big picture effects of this kind of congressional action, and we'll do our best to keep up on future developments right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage.